Good everybody, welcome to the Sports Business Podcast. I am your host, Eric Compton, aka Mr. Town Business, aka Money Compton. We do this podcast at least once a week, available on all platforms. So wherever you get your podcast from, Google, Stitcher, Anchor, Spotify, uh, Apple, uh, you name it, we're there. So just all you gotta do is just Google us, S-P-O-R-T-Z-B-I-Z-N-E-S-S. You can also email the show, S-P-O-R-T-Z-B-I-Z-N-E-S-S at gmail.com. You can also find us on the Twitterverse. You can also find me on the gram at Money Compton. Man, we got a lot to talk about on this show today. We're gonna talk about the Warriors, looking like they're about to bring these broomsticks out on these Mavs. We're gonna talk about this heavyweight fight that is the Eastern Conference Finals. And I'm gonna talk about how uh, nobody really wants to hire or be the head coach of the of the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, but before we get into that, I saw a story over the weekend. Actually, my sister sent me the story. <clears throat> so she sent me the story about a woman who donated her kidney to her boyfriend. And just for him, and eventually after he got the kidney, the donated kidney from his girl, he ended up dumping her. So I got to thinking, I was like, dang, was he scheming and plotting on her the whole entire time for this kidney so that he can move on? So I just want y'all to think about a time that you bought a, a, a gift for your partner or your lover or, one, or, or your husband or your wife. And, you know, things ended up going south and you, was, you ended up being, turning around and being like, dang. I wish I'd have never bought that gift. So email the show and let me know what's the stupid, what's the gift that you regret buying your partner. Um, and, and I want to hear all about it. So give me a little backdrop. Give me a little details on that. But I thought that was an interesting story is that, dang, you didn't, the, the girl didn't see any red flags or was my man scheming and plotting this whole entire time. So it's a cold world out here. I tell you what, it is a cold world. So thought I'd talk about that real quick because I find those type of stories very, very interesting to say the least. But I know that's enough about what I've seen over the weekend. And in, before we get into the main meat and meat and potato meat and potatoes about this show, if I do sound a little congested, I just want to apologize. I have been dealing with a cold. Thank a cold. Thank God it's not COVID. But still, I do feel a little. I'm just getting over a cold per se. So um, if I do sound a little congested, that is the reason why it ain't COVID. But just you know, I'd rather be safe. I took the day off from work just to be on the safe side. But anyways, I've been looking at this Warriors Mavericks uh, series and there's been two alarming things. One, the Warriors are up three zip, which I believe on this show last week, I said that the Warriors were probably going to win this in six or seven. I didn't see them bringing out their broomsticks uh, this early or actually just at all. I didn't see them bringing out the broomsticks at all. I thought this was going to be a hard fought series. Um, I thought that the Mavs were going to give a little bit more of a competitive balance in this, and I haven't seen it at all. Um, I know game two was a interesting game, just per se. Um, the Warriors were, you know, they, they ended up coming back and winning that game in a tough, hard-fought victory. But other than that, I mean, even that game, I think the Mavs were up by at least 17 or 19 going in the half, and it just didn't seem like one of those 17-point, 19-point comfortable leads it just felt like they were just going to crumble apart and sure as you know what in the third quarter of that game two game the Warriors went sicko mode and were able to to close the gap and I think they ended up winning by eight or nine points of that game as well same thing with this game yesterday they the the, the, the Mavs um had a great they just just, they just seem disconnect disconnected and I think they're, they're definitely overwhelmed um 
And I think that this is a team that maybe got to their Western Conference Finals maybe a year too early. Um, Luka Doncic, for, for, for what it is, I mean, yes, he's dropping damn near 40 points a game in the series, um, but he ain't got no help. I mean, Reggie Bullock had the same amount of points that you and I uh, that is listening to this podcast. He had zero points. My man was really on the all 24-hour fitness team just getting run, just, just running up and down, all cardio team, running up and down the court, 0 for 10 from, I believe, three-point range. Um, really didn't contribute to anything. Um, I put him, you know, him, your Jay Crowders, um, Mike Conley is the dudes that all have like these great regular seasons, but don't really show up during the playoffs. Yeah, you can put him on that list as well. Um, so I, I, it led me. So after I watched the game last night, I sat back and I took a took a step back and kind of just thought about it. And it led me to go back to this one question. How good were the Suns this year? <clears throat> How good were the Suns this year? You mean to tell me that the Suns, who won, I believe, 64 games this season, set a franchise record for as many wins, lost to this team in seven? And I know styles make fights and yada, 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 but the simple fact that the Mavs haven't even really been competitive this this this, this series in the Western Conference Finals against the Warriors got me thinking, like, maybe the Suns were really just a fraud this season. I think they were just a really, really good regular season team. I think maybe last year was their best chance of winning it all because it leads me to think that I know that this and me not sounding like a homer, but I think that this Warriors team, I think, had a couple of wins against the Suns this year as it is, um, even not even at a fully healthy team. So it leads me to think that even if the Suns were to beat the Mavs, I don't know if they would have been able to roll, roll with this Golden State Warriors team. Um, that, that was my first question. And that was my first thought. My second thought was with the way that the Boston Boston and Miami uh, Miami Heat series is going, the Warriors, if they're able to handle their business tomorrow night, are going to be off for about nine days. They, they won't play for about a week and a half because I believe the finals don't start until next Thursday. So if they're able to wrap it up tomorrow, that means they get about nine days, eight or nine days off. Um, so that gives the Warriors even more of an incentive. With the Warriors being off that much and the Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat, which look like that's probably going to go six or seven we're going to talk about that in, in a few seconds um that gives it enough time for the warriors to actually start getting healthier with Otto porter having uh the foot injury side note will chamber allegedly has slept with over 20,000 women i'm pretty sure Otto porter's grandmama got to be one of the women that he slept with because that man looks uh, he's a dead ringer on mr will chamberlain like, there's just no way that man ain't kin to will chamberlain that's one um two with Otto porter's foot being hurt you got Gary Payton coming back. Andre Iguodala supposedly coming back from this mysterious neck injury that he has. So the Warriors will probably be getting healthier as the finals come along, being the fact that they're going to get a long layoff. Like, I can't see the Mavericks even winning two, tomorrow night. Um, I think that they've nailed it in. And I think that they don't want to drag this out just to take another trip back to San Francisco just to get drubbed out by 20 or 30 points, because that's probably what's going to end up happening. So I'm pretty sure that the Mavericks are probably going to lay down tomorrow. And that's no 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 shame to them. You know, they, they had a great season, but I don't think they want to take that trip back to the Bay Area just for them to lose by 30. Um, that's just me. I'd be shocked if they actually win tomorrow. But. It leads me to think that the Warriors tomorrow night are probably going to take care of business. They're going to have a huge layoff. And while the Heat and the Celtics, they're beating up each other, you know, it looks like the TD Garden in Boston looks like the Troop Medical Center with so many injuries going on. You got um, Marcus Smart hurt, Jalen, Jason Tatum hurt, 
um, Robert Williams, who I, man, that, that man, if, if, the, if there was a great up and coming center, y'all got to check out Robert Williams. That dude is a monster. He is a, a, a great defensive anchor. Um, he's actually one of my favorite players in the NBA. Just a, just a blue collar dude that just gets the, that gets it done. When you do whatever you need that man to do, he gets it done. So you got him. Um, you got Jimmy Butler that's hurt. You got Kyle Lowry that's had a nagging injury. You got Tyler Hero that's hurt. So you got a whole bunch of just people that are just going in and out the locker room right now. Um, banged up. So people are asking me, what do I think about that series? Man, that is a heavyweight fight right now. You got, you know, Boston was up or down by 20 some odd points. They ended up coming back, um, getting it within a few points in game three. Um, but if you look at, if you actually break down the quarter by quarter, who's won the most quarters, it's really Boston 10, Boston's only won, only lost two of those quarters out of the 12 quarters that they played. They've only been outscored. It's the first uh, first quarters of games one and three where they've gotten behind the eight ball, where they've dug themselves such a deep hole where it's just been damn near impossible for them to come out. So if you take those two quarters away, first quarter of game one and first quarter of game three, this team could, this, this Boston team could possibly easily be up three zip in the series. Um, that's neither here or there, you know, shoulda, coulda, woulda. Um, but I, I expect Boston to win tonight at home. It's, it's really a must-win game for them. I, I can't, if they go down 3-1, is this a team that can possibly come back from 3-1? Yes, but the amount, the, the deck that's stacked against them right now, especially with all the injuries that they got, like I said, with Williams, Jason Tatum with the bum shoulder, as well as Marcus Smart with the ankle, who I, I honestly thought that thing was broken the way he came down on that thing. Um, shout out to the Boston trainers for even getting him to finish the game. So you got all of those injuries. I can't see them coming back from a 3-1 deficit. This is a must-win game for Boston. Um, for those who are wondering that, why am I talking about this game? By the time you're done listening to this game, you're gonna be like, or listen to the show, you're gonna be like, wow. Well, this this the show was recorded before game four, game three, or I'm sorry, game four, um, game four of the Boston Miami game. So Boston has to win tonight. That's that's my. There's no excuse. Jason uh, Jason Tatum has to go crazy. Uh, Jason Jalen Brown cannot turn the ball five times in one quarter. Like that's just unacceptable. You need Marcus Smart to try to hunker down and, and be able to put somewhat of a a, a, a little bit of clamps because I believe Jimmy Butler is going to play. You also got to take a look at what Oladipo did, even though he only had five points and four steals off of the bench. He those were probably some of the most important minutes that he was able to give to that team. So. These are both really, really deep teams. I think if Boston can win tonight's game four, I think Boston can win this in possibly seven. Um, it, I think that they have a more complete team. Like I said last on last week's show, there's something about Miami that I just can't put my finger on them where I don't know what it is about them that gives me a pause. Yes, they got culture. Yes, they got a winning culture. They Yes, they got championship culture, being the fact that they just were, I believe, two years removed from going to the finals. Um, so they, they got they got all of the DNAs that makes them a championship containing team. As far as a championship winning team, I can't put my finger on what that is. Now, if you're asking me, well, E, what about Boston? What makes them a, uh, a championship winning team? Well, the fact that they've been together for so many years now, um, I believe this is Jalen Brown's sixth year, and I believe Jason Tatum's fifth year. Um, they've been to a couple of Eastern Conference Finals already. They've already battled with LeBron in the when LeBron was with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, they've been a deeper team. I think that uh, Epe, I can't think of whoever the coach, Udoka, 
who the coach for the Celtics is, he's been able to unlock something and get him to that higher level, to the to the championship tier level that Brad Stevens, the former coach, wasn't able to do. Um, that's why I'm kind of picking Boston. I, I think that they have something a little bit. They have something. They have an identity. They have two young stars that they can build off of, and they play really, really good defense. And this is not me throwing any shade toward Miami, towards Miami, I should say. I just personally can't put my finger on what makes Miami polarizing. Um, I just don't see it. Yes, they got PJ Tucker. Yes, they got Jimmy Butler. They got Kyle. They got people that got chips on that ring. You uh, on that team? You got uh, Udonis Haslam still lurking around there. So. That's not taking nothing away from Miami. It's just I don't see them winning it all this year. I just don't. Um, that's just my take. That's my two cents. It's just my personal feelings. Um, but that's just me. I can't put my finger on what it is with them boys, but something about them just makes me kind of take a pause for the cause when it comes to the Miami Heat. Um, but I think Celtics, the Celtics should be able to win this in six, maybe seven, barring they don't lose tonight. So we'll see. Now, I saw this earlier today, and I was like, damn, I forgot that this was even a head coach in vacancy. Um, I saw that Jawan Howard is no longer or has withdrawn his name from being a content or being one of the lead candidates for the late, the Los Angeles Lakers head coaching job. And I got to think, I was like, damn, I forgot that the Lakers were even looking for a coach. Um, <clears throat> first off, isn't it so refreshing that we don't have a LeBron James uh NBA playoffs like this this has been some of the greatest playoff basketball that we've seen just because LeBron ain't in and that's not a that's not a knock on LeBron or anything where I feel some type of way about him but it's it's LeBron fatigue like every two seconds it was well let, you know you look on all the networks LeBron this LeBron that and even to a certain extent somebody if you look at some of these social media uh pages they can't even keep they can't go a day without keeping LeBron name LeBron James name out of, out of their out of their sent post button you know, they got to post something about what LeBron James said. You know, I'm sort of showing them that I think TNT's out here retweeting LeBron James posting that Shaq or Chuck or Ch Charles Barkley or, or Kenny Smith won the race to the bar. Like, no, no, bro, sit down. And the thing about it is, like, no one really cares anymore. Like, bro, we get it, you that dude, but you've been that dude for so long. It's like, it's kind of like when you go to the club. I was stationed in Fort Lee, Fort Lee, Virginia. They had a non-commissioned officers club. Every Friday, there used to be this dude, a pimp named Slickback. This dude had had to have been about 60 years old. Had to have been about 60 years old. Had his hot hair fried, dyed, and laid to the side. And would still be showing up to the club. Showing up to the club trying to get all the girls. And the girls would be, you know, they'd give him a little play. You know, they'd dance with him. And, you know, he'd be walking around. And he'd be dead smack in the middle of the club. 60 some odd years old getting it in shaking and you know shaking and whatever he had get, get, he still had walking around buying drinks was still trying to be that dude and it's just like bruh you done came you done pulled all the baddies in the club at least for 40 years now what are you still doing here dog like you done did everything you wanted to do in life but yet you still keep coming to the club trying to pull all the baddies and that's how i feel about lebron james is that you the old dude you the og but you still trying to be hanging out with the young folks like I don't know if y'all remember, but during the Super Bowl, when during the halftime show, they showed him in the showed him in his little suite out here trying to gig to to the to the halftime show that had Drake, uh, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, and whatnot. And they panned the camera over to him. It's like, bro, we wh why are you still here, dog? Why are you still here at the club? 
You don't need to be at the club. Go home. You're living in LA. Like you have a whole bunch of different business ventures. What more do you need to prove? And I get it that next year he's probably going to pass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's scoring record. Whatever. Cool. It's all good. But at the end of the day, you're taking away the shine from John Morant, Luka, um, Jay, Jay, uh, Jason Tatum, all these young players that are up and coming that are going to be able to carry the league into the next generation. You taking away all the clout because you still you too busy shaking your tail feather at the club. That's just how I feel about it. Now, going back to Juwan Howard, the head coach of the University of Michigan, I guess he has turned down an offer for a candidate or for, I guess, either an interview or I don't know if they formally offered him a job for the Lakers job, but head coaching job. But it's like, bro, who who wants to coach that? Like one, we don't know what that roster is going to look like, but I know one thing's for sure. You're stuck with LeBron, you're stuck with AD, and you're probably going to be stuck with Russ. One, you're going to have to be able to coach that head, that interesting conundrum. And I get it. Juwan Howard kind of made sense because he was teammates with LeBron in Miami. That kind of made sense to a certain extent, but at the same time, there's really no other connection. So this is once again is a LeBron move. He probably reached out and was like, yo, get Juwan. Juwan probably was like, mm, I'm straight. I'm cool. I don't, I don't want that because it's just a bad job. You're going to be damned if you do. You're going to be damned if you don't. And if you're damned, if you don't, guess what? When the team is, which is probably going to fail next year again, which is lucky to even get into the playing tournament next year. I'm going to call it ahead. They're going to be lucky if they make it into the playing tournament next year. <clears throat> um, I, I, Jawan Howard probably was like, nah, I'm good. I don't, I don't want any, I don't want, I don't want no trouble. I'm, I'm thanks, but no thanks. I'm cool where I'm at. So it leads me to think who wants to coach the job? Like, why would anybody want that job? There's too much trouble going on in the front office. There's too much trouble going on in the ownership. There's too much trouble going on with Clutch Sports, Rob Palenka, Jeannie Bust, the Rambuses. I mean, the whole entire uh, winning time cast off of uh, the, the, the HBO Max documentary. There's just too damn much going on with that franchise right now where everybody wants to be in charge, but don't nobody know who to tell. Don't, no one wants to tell the other person to sit down, shut up, and be quiet. That's what's going on. I would not want that job. That's probably one of the worst jobs in the league. You got that. Here's the crazy thing. The worst jobs in the league are probably the most storied franchises. Well, mine is Brooklyn. You got Brooklyn. Steve Nash is stuck in that in that whirlwind of just buffoonery going on over there. You got Ben Simmons. We don't know what he's going to look like. You got number 11. We don't know, even know when he feels like playing. You got the Philadelphia 76ers, Glenn Rivers. Yo, you got James Harden, which is probably gonna you're probably gonna hold that he's probably gonna hold that team hostage for another five to seven years. Let's just keep it a buck. Um, and then you got the Los Angeles Lakers. So three of your biggest markets, your basketball blue blood blue blood territories, I should say, got the, the got the 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 sorriest jobs known to mankind right now. It's just bad. So I really wasn't surprised. I don't know what the Lakers are going to do, who they can bring. It doesn't look like they have any, <clears throat> I mean, they're talking about maybe Darvin Ham from the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, who's an assistant over there. I don't know who they're going to bring in, but at the end of the day, that's probably the worst job in the game. So um, we'll see, but I, I, I just, I, I know why nobody wants that job. Nobody wants to deal with all of the kerfuffle that is going on. That is the Los Angeles Lakers right now, probably the worst brand organization in the game. Now, something I saw over the weekend as well. This was a very, very interesting story. 
and I'm taking a pause for the cause just to collect my thoughts because I talked to somebody earlier today and I couldn't really put my finger on how I felt about this. And that's the Tim Anderson of the Chicago White Sox and Josh Donaldson Donaldson um, of the New York Yankees. So apparently I believe it was on Saturday, Tim Anderson and Josh Donaldson, they ran into each other. I believe it was in second base. Josh Donaldson um, said, what up, Jack, what up, Jackie to Tim Anderson. Now, who, those who don't really follow baseball, baseball only has about, I think as of May of this year, only 7.8% that are African-American. Tim Anderson has to be, is one of the star black players in, in, in baseball outside of Mookie, Mookie Betts, um, Tim Anderson. Those are probably the two off the top of my head that I can think that are black, that are really, really your polarizing stars in baseball. I guess back in 2015, Tim Anderson was deemed of being Jackie Robinson 2.0. And I believe that back in the day, Josh Donaldson and Tim Anderson, that was that was a thing that Josh Donaldson, they're not really good friends, but I guess in passing, he would say, what up, Jackie? I guess he thought that it was cool for him to run it back on Saturday for him to say, what up, Jackie? And I guess Tim Anderson took effect to it. Benches cleared. It looked like they was about to get the scrap in, and they didn't get the scrap in. And then the manager of the Chicago White Sox, Tony La Russa, said that he thought that it was racist, where Tim Anderson of the White Sox again said that, yeah, he thinks that it was racist as well. Josh Donaldson gave his two cents, and he brought up the fact that he's done this more than once. He didn't think that it was a big deal. And that he apologized and therefore after all of this dust up has taken place, he has been suspended for one game and I believe he's appealing that suspension. Okay, that was a lot to unpack there. Um, I don't know if that is really deemed racism or a racist remark. Now, if you tell me three years ago, Hey man, you know, blasey, blasey, blah, you know, you give me a joke and it's not really, it, it was cool. I, I didn't know. Here's the thing. I didn't know jokes had expiration dates or I wouldn't even say jokes had expiration dates, but a, a, a remark had expiration dates. If you're telling me that three years ago in 2019, it was cool for you to say it. And then you trying to run it back on me on 20 at 2022 and you take offense to it. There's two things that I see wrong with that. One, one was being phony to the other. If you had a problem back in 2019, then it should have been addressed back in 2019. Hey, man, don't say that. Two, yes, we are in two different cold, two different climates when we talk about racism back from 2019 to 2022. I totally understand that. Um, so that's the part where everything is a great, a, a fine line. It's a, it's a hard it's a hard one because what may be deemed what that joke to Tim Anderson, he may feel like it's racism now based off of everything that's taken place. You have the George Floyd situation, Sandra, uh, um, uh, Ahmaud Aubrey going on and everything else that took place, especially right around 2020. Um, <clears throat> and so I get I get that to us. I, I understand where he's coming from, that maybe that wasn't cool. But I think that is a moment for him, him meaning Tim Anderson. To reach out to Josh Donaldson and say, give it as a teaching moment. Hey, man, what you said back then, it ain't cool today. It's all I think this is a conversation that could have happened. And for me, as a person of color who is biracial, who is black and Japanese. 
I think that is a conversation that could have been handled and this whole situation could have been handled in a different way. I think if you if you want to stand on your square and think that that's racism, then you should have stood on your square three years ago and been like, nah, bro, you can't do that. And you should have you should have you should have bucked up back then. But if you want to wait until now, I kind of I, I just can't rock with it. Now, as far as Josh Donaldson goes, I understand where my man's coming from. Like, I, I feel where he's coming from. But for him, even for even now, he has to be a little bit more socially aware of what's going on. So if you asking me what my how I feel, I feel like both of them are wrong. Tim Anderson, if you didn't like it this whole entire time, you should have nipped it in the bud back in 2019. Josh Donaldson, you kind of got to know, dog. Times are a little bit different. You can't be really saying stuff like that, man. I, I feel it. I understand where you're coming from, but this ain't the time or the place to be trying to pull that kind of stuff off, man. I, I feel it, though. So both of them aren't wrong. I don't, I'm going to even go on a limb and say, I don't even feel like Josh Donaldson deserved a suspension. And this is maybe something that Rob Manfred can do, get them to in a room and get them to talk. Um, I, I, I don't think that this needed to be blown out of proportion, the magnitude that it's in. This is a conversation and it wasn't, like I said, I'm not Tim Anderson. I'm not trying to be in my man's shoes. If he felt like it was racism, if he felt like that was a racist remark to him, I'm not going to knock it. You do what you want to do. I feel you. You know, because we don't the, the thing about racism is you how one person feels may not affect the other person. So how he feels may not how he feels and he thinks that's racism. I feel it. I understand. But would that being towards with that? Would I consider that racism towards me? I don't think so. I don't know. So that's one of the weird. That's one of the in, more interesting things is that we kind of got to be a little bit more aware of what's going on in the world. So both of them were wrong. I felt like it could have been handled in a whole completely different manner. Um, and I feel like, you know, if they can, them two can buck up and, and, and shake hands, not even shake hands, but at least just get into a room and educate each other on why Josh Donaldson thought it was cool to say it and why Tim Anderson said it felt like, nah, you can't say that no more. I feel like that would show so much maturity on both of them, on both of the levels, as opposed to just this he said, she said thing with a whole bunch of microphones to, uh, tossed up to him asked him, well, what, what happened what, what, what you know how you why you feeling the way you feeling now y'all two need to get in the room and y'all need to chop it up and squash that because that is something that can't be squashed immediately so yeah so that's my two cents um we talked about the warriors and the Mavs. man the Mavs, bro like i can't oh man man it's gonna be a bad day for them tomorrow night um, we talked about the heavyweight championship that is the Eastern Conference Finals right now. I'm telling you right now, it's the Celtics probably in six. Um, we also talked about why the Lakers, man, don't nobody want that job, bro. That's like the worst job in sports right now. But now, before we dip up out of here, we definitely going to talk about the Dummy of the Day, the Sports Business Podcast Dummy of the Day. Like I said, this podcast is available on all platforms. Yo, I don't watch too much. Well, I, I would say for me to be... The person that I am, I like to see opinions from all different avenues. So that means I'm watching all the different news outlets just to see what what everybody talking about, how they they talking about it on one way or another way. And <clears throat> I watched Fox uh, Fox News, I believe it was last week or something like that. Last week, right after the Buffalo shooting, because you know the way one news outlet, i.e. CNN, you know they gonna. You know, the Buffalo shooting, they're going to sit there and, 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 and you know, do, I want to say diligence, but they're going to express it in their way. You go to Fox News, they're going to express it in their way. You go to MSNBC, they're going to express it in their way. Um, so you got, you got all these different news outlets that express it. And then you got all these different 
social media hype beast that'd be like, oh, well, one's super duper to the left, another one's super duper to the right. Eh, there's some truth to that. So there's one guy on Fox News, this guy named Tucker Carlson, and I'm pretty sure everyone knows who this, this clown is. Um, I guess there's been this theory of um, white people being outnumbered, or I don't know what the critical critical race, suppression racism or out, out gaining racism where there's this stupid thick conspiracy theory. It's a conspiracy theory that white people are a dying breed and that Democrats and everyone else are trying to bring immigrants into America to outnumber white people. So this Tucker Carlson guy is kind of standing on the square thinking that the guy who did all of this heinous shooting in Buffalo who, who brought up the fact that he was trying to kill a whole bunch of persons of color because he feels like white people are now becoming a endangered species per se. Bro, oh my gosh, why does this guy still have a job? Like I get how if you want to be so to the one way, you know, if you want to be all the way on one way of reviews, but the fact that this dude is out here spewing that type of garbage on, 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 on the airwaves He's not making the situation better. If anything, he's, he's he's gassing up a lot of these people who believe this buffoonery and he's now giving them the motive to be like, oh, shoot, well, Tucker Carlson sat there and said that, yeah, white people are becoming endangered species, so we got to do something about it. So let's go rally it up and go, go do something else. Bro, you're not making the situation any better with the stuff that you're spewing. And for Fox News to be able to have a guy that that's can who's that openly candid shows me that this dude, one, he doesn't like right. He doesn't like people. If you ain't white, he ain't he ain't messing with you at all. He's basically made it very very clear that white people are the the supreme race and that they 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 are being outnumbered and that all of these different people are trying to open up the borders to flood out the white people and counsel out the votes. Man, this guy needs to go away. Like he he doesn't need to be on TV. He can't be on TV. This guy is a cancer. He is not making any situation any better. And the fact that Fox News or the executive at Fox's think that this guy is must-see TV, y'all are doing yourself an injustice because at this point, he's giving people the motive to keep doing this. So, yo, Tucker Carlson, you are the dummy of the day. You have been a dummy of the day for a very, very long time. Um, yeah, you got to go, bro. You, you definitely got to go. So, anyways, once again, my name is Eric Compton. You've been listening to the Sports Business Podcast. We're going to run this back next week. Hopefully by next week, we should have some answers on, I believe, who's going to be playing in the NBA Finals and whatnot. So, yeah, we're going to run it back next week. Let's again, you can find this podcast available on platforms. Um, you can find me on Instagram, at Money Compton. Like I said, you can find the show available on platforms. Also at Gmail as well as the Twitter first. Other than that, we are out of here. Deuces.